we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to establish new government. After only a 161 day break. Did you count them? No, I Googled it. Oh. You think I'm that good at math? <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes you surprise me from graduating from said school. Oh, God almighty. No. Google. You know, if you Google best bourbon in the world, the first picture that pops up is Maker's Mark. Uh, me squeezy. Hold on. Don't get into that yet. We haven't even welcomed back our beautiful Americans. We're sorry. <sighs> sorry. That was really rude. Hello, everybody. <laughs> welcome back to 2021. Well, I couldn't say welcome back because we weren't around 2021. Yeah, we haven't been back since September, unfortunately. Welcome to 2021 sorry. with... We're so sorry. Josh and Jared. It's so beautiful to have you back. Thank you for coming. ASMR. I don't even know. No, no. The pleasure is all ours. What the fuck is ASMR? Somebody Google it. I've heard it. I don't know. Somebody what. Google it. There's only two people at this table. Oh. Well, Google it. So uh, many people have done like that shh ASMR. I'm like, shh. What the fuck is that ASMR? I don't know what it is. Autonomous sensory meridian response. So just something it's that's a tingling like sensation that typically begins on the scalp and moves down to the back of the neck. Spidey oh, so senses. The, the chills? Yeah. Kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, then in that case. Hopefully that doesn't happen. So wait, what did I miss? Because what you just said, I did not. I've never heard that before. Oh, it's a internet thing. We haven't been on the internet in 161 days. Things change. They do change. Things change in 161 days. But who's counting? Google's counting. That's who. Hi everyone. We missed <laughs> you so much. What were you saying about bourbon? No, if you Google literally word for word, best bourbon in the world, the first picture to pop up is Maker's Mark. Are they high? Google apparently is. Best bourbon. So the best bur- to to be bourbon, it has to be made in Kentucky. Exactly. Because obviously, I mean, that's what I'm drinking right now. I'm drinking the the Duke from I don't know which distillery it's actually made from. Let's see, bottled by Duke Spirits, Owensboro, Kentucky, made in the good old U.S. of A. And, and I am. I mean, obviously, everyone's palate is different, but compared to, I don't like Maker's Mark. I don't either. It's disgusting. And I think it, it tastes like... I'm sorry, whoever likes it out like there. It tastes like acetone. Fine. It does, and it's it's honestly one of those ones, like, I drink it and my stomach fucking hurts. And please don't... If you're one... Now, there's a difference, okay? Don't... Please don't tell me, oh, Maker's Mark is way better. I classify what bourbon is better than what bourbon when you drink that bourbon straight. Yep. With a little bit... Like, maybe a little bit of water, little, ice. A little water, a little ice bring to it out. It. Yep. But don't tell me, like, oh, I drink Maker's and Coke all the time. Yeah, I could drink Makers and Coke too, right? But I'm talking about in a in a rocks glass with a two finger pour. What's better? Yeah, exactly. And I will never drive. I think I've tried Makers on the rocks once, and I was drunk, and it still was disgusting. Oh, that's it's just harsh. It's not smooth to me, you know. And even a couple years ago, I didn't drink whiskey at all. So it is something that you have to get used to. And especially it's something you have to develop a palate for, but that's just like what whiskey, beer, cigars, everything you have to develop a palate for. And if you're just drinking Coors Light and Miller Latte, I like Miller Light. So I'm sorry. So <clears throat> when we say like, there's, there are some people out there like, oh, you're not a real whiskey drinker if you don't drink it straight. Well, the thing is, um, that's not true. It is not true. The researchers have found that when, Water is added to whiskey. I couldn't remember what molecule this was. I'm probably going to butcher this. Gualical molecules, which are in whiskey, make their way to the top of the glass rather rather than remaining evenly distributed throughout. So that means you're getting more of that smell and taste up front when you take a sip. So adding water to your whiskey will bring those everything that you smell is going to actually come to your palate. Right, and that's what they say that every whiskey has like the chemical... Like the alcoholy taste to it and stuff, because yeah. it's high proof. Of course, you're going to taste the alcohol, 
but they say water also helps reduce that a little bit and you it's not so harsh or a punch in the mouth or anything like that and here's a scientist I'm not gonna beat this Ooh, horse scientist. for fucking ever but um we got time Jorn Jorn Carlson let's see Jean. Jean. a chemist in Linus University in Sweden that must be true Sweden Swedes always get shit right it's the Swedes and the paper's co-author said what came out from our study is that adding water to whiskey should make it taste better um neither of us are big whiskey drinkers he said but we were interested in the chemistry um water could fl- intensify flavor rather than the reverse they developed a simple com- computational model to look at the interactions of water ethanol whiskey's two best in- basic ingredients and a flavor compound called guacol guacol i should probably google that to see how do you pronounce it actually that comes from the charred oak cast used to mature scotch and has a characteristic sweet smoky flavor um, do, 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 just turn where water molecules can roughly align themselves in their preferred direction with the water repelling side facing. So getting into chemistry and stuff. So pretty much plain and simple, add a little bit of water or ice. And that's why they say actually putting, um, the big ice cubes, like the big round balls or like yeah, the big shaved the, ices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of like the little ice cubes, which break down really quick, the smaller, um, or the bigger ice cubes don't melt as quick. So you're not watering your whiskey down as fast. Oh, so, well, yeah, I knew that. But um, I like using whiskey stones, but if I use whiskey stones from now on, I'm going to start adding either like a... S- and you don't need much water, just a splash of water um, if you're going to drink it neat. Um, and I have, I have found, I've started comparing, it's like a splash of water or one cube of ice is like the perfect amount to like draw those extra flavors out, calm the burning sensation that usually you get from whiskey. It kind of evens and distributes it out. And there's science, people. There's science. There's scientists from Sweden, okay? Right. So they know what they're talking about. Try some good whiskey, please. Don't think that Makers is the cat's meow because Jesus H. There's. I'm just surprised Google actually said Makers is the best well, it's like, bourbon. So I clicked on the... Are you, sure? Are you sure they don't mean like they're trying to say it's like the best value? Well, I clicked on... <clears throat> Here it is. So, so the... Mo- oh, before I... Skip past it. The most expensive bourbon is Mitchter's. Mitchter's. It's a sour mass mash whiskey. <clears throat> well, just because it's expensive doesn't mean it's good. Oh, exactly. Fine. Um, I mean, Something. I guess I've been distilling since 1753, which older than the good old U.S. of A. I was gonna say that's older than fucking United States of America. Um, sour mash retails when it can be found for anything between 36. $3,690 to $5,000 per bottle. What does it look like? But they only do, in 2019, when they did a release, uh-huh. it was only consistent of 277 bottles. So that oh. is a fucking micro badge. Can you imagine if you got your hands on it, though, and then held on to it for 10 years? Oh, God. Yeah. And just didn't open it, kept it good, stored properly in a dry place. Mm-hmm. Not anything <clears throat> crazy. Right. And then held on to it till 2029, because they did the release in 19. Mm-hmm. What do you think it'd be worth if it's thirty six hundred? If you bought it for thirty six hundred, held on to it for ten years, stored properly, and everything, right? That'd be one of those things. I bet you get someone to pay five seven grand for it. Because the thing that's not tough much of a is return like, on investment. No, not really. And the thing that's tough with once you put it in the bottle, it stops aging. Oh, you're right. So the it's best just, way to do it is to either. Well, if you could buy a barrel of it, which is fucking insane, probably. But um, once you bottle it, it's done aging. The age on it will be older, but it will no longer be aging. It won't affect taste. So really, there's no point. Exactly. And And they say that it'll change a little bit, um, breaking down and compounding and stuff like that. But once, but not like if you got your hands on a barrel of it. Exactly. Um, And made a 15-year, a 25-year. See, like Four Roses made this fucking list. Like, ew. Ew. Gross. Four Roses is disgusting. Well, that's what I was Evan looking Evan Williams at. is number one for best budget bourbon. So I clicked on- Budget? I believe it. Maker's Mark, best bourbon for an old-fashioned. Okay, I, I, I disagree with that, but that is the only- I see. I still can't even drink Maker's in an old-fashioned because it just turns my stomach that much. And that's, but that's also just like personal preference as exactly. well. Exactly. And, and I so, mean, and budget bourbon, I would say you can put Makers and Evan Williams and all that stuff near the top. But if yeah. we're talking budget versus overall, those yeah. are two completely different. Exactly. Two completely different ball games. Yeah. We're talking a lot about whiskey. We are. It's okay. Fuck it. 
Um, but so how much was that? That was a thirty-six hundred dollar bottle. Yeah, thirty-six hundred to five thousand. If you, if you can find if it, if you can find it, because <clears throat> I found this one that we've actually been talking about recently, um, and it's in stock. Like I could or, I could put it in the cart right now and get her on get her on away. Yep. For the low price of two thousand four hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. Yep. You can own a seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle of Pappy Van Winkle fifteen-year bourbon. Yep. Which is supposedly same thing like the one you found, um, limited releases. Uh, if you can get your hands on it, it's about, it costs about that damn much and it only comes out every so often. Right. But I think that's either, I don't know. I'm one of those people that likes to buy something and then I'd rather purchase an experience than purchase like a bottle of this and just let it sit on a shelf. Right. And not touch it. Um, you know, maybe it is something if you, well, if you're rolling in the dough, um, maybe it is something you like purchase. And then when you have like your first grandkid or something, or you have a child of your own or, you know, like a a very special occasion, Mm -hmm. if that's your thing. Um, but then you also have to be careful because doesn't it mess with, it doesn't really mess with bourbon once you pop the cork, right? Not usually. It, it shouldn't if you keep it t- keep it temperature controlled and stuff. Oh, gotcha. But um, I found with some stuff, like once you pop the top, the flavor changes tremendously after you come back to it. Once the air gets to once it. Once it gets aerated. It's kind of like wine and just about anything else. Yeah. Once you pop the cork on a bottle of wine, you have like five to seven days. Right. If it's just sitting in your kitchen. Before it, it just turns into vinegar. Exactly. But like with whiskeys and stuff, once the air gets in there, it changes the chemical makeup. And it not, won't really go bad, but if you let it sit for like years, I'm sure it'll start fucking tasting weird. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But see, and you said the price on that. Of course, this is sold out on Reserve Bar. Yeah, and the Pappies, like I said, you could throw it in the cart right now and order it. Um, Woodcork.com. Pap, R- Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve, 23-year-old. Which just almost looks like a, I don't know, it's a round bottle. Anyways, um, of course it's sold out, but before I clicked on it, it went $32.50, $3,250, which really isn't horrible for, <laughs> if you're comparing the, comparing the 15 year to a 23 year. Right. And you want to get eight it's years like, more. Yeah, we're just talking about three months of mortgage, no big deal. Right. <laughs> but this place, of course, they're 15 years sold out as well, but their 15 year price was fifteen sixty. Their 20-year, which I'm assuming is gone if the 15 and 23-year are gone. The 20-year hmm. is $17.89. I, still so expensive. It's a house payment it, on it one is. little bottle. It's on, a, on a 750 milliliter bottle Yep, that can be gone in an evening. Yep. Well, this is a pretty cool little site, reservebar.com. They have, looks like they only bring in good shit. I'm curious, can I type in makers? That they have makers. It says get fucked. It, it, it kicked me off the site. <laughs> it kicked me out. They have cast strength bourbon whiskey. I've heard okay things about the cask strength. Cast um, or cask? Cask strength. Okay. So just they just poured it straight out of a cask. Um, yeah, they do have makers on here. The makers 46 bourbon whiskey. It's a lot of bourbon talk. It is. So... What else? What, what's, what else has been going on that we can really fill people in on and talk about? I mean, the world twenty twenty one didn't get much better. Well, it's early. Let's not let's not jump the gun yet. It is early, but remember how shitty twenty twenty started and yeah, it started early. Twenty twenty was a. But like we we went into shitty. Like we went from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, and twenty twenty one was like here, yeah, but, hold my beer. And to to be to be fair, twenty twenty one. Knock on wood, nothing horrible has happened really since the beginning of the year. No. It's all been like hungover from last from year. 2020, which yeah. is the COVID pandemic, the Kobe still dead. Yeah, I don't know all that shit. Did you see someone try Brown to dig? Make someone tried to dig him up. What? Someone in L.A. because his wife and this is I'll get more into this. Um, but Kobe Bryant obviously died January of 2020. Yeah. Um, along with his 13-year-old, at the time, daughter. Uh-huh. And they were buried in Los Angeles because, obviously, 
he spent his whole career with the Lakers, lived in L.A., was, you know, his family's in L.A., all this. Right. So he was buried at Forest Lawn Cemetery, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, in an undisclosed location because his his wife, Vanessa, and, and his family decided that they didn't need to kind of publicize a gravesite. Yeah, and smart. And concern was kind of brought full circle because it was a, it was, they disclosed, the only information they disclosed was that him and uh, Gianna were buried together on a private family plot in Forest Lawn. Hmm. So it is literally a set, like if you've seen the cemetery, it's people in LA, they have money usually. I mean, there's normal people get buried there as well. But if you have one of these private family plots, it is literally a gated section, not a very big section, Mm -hmm. but, and each plot is a different amount of graves that can be there. Mm -hmm. So they purchased this plot that's gated in and has enough spots to basically be like mom, dad, kids, maybe a few, whoever else until the plot fills up. Right. And then it's, it's yours. It's cared for after you pass away and are buried there and so on and so forth. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well, they decided, the Bryant family decided not to disclose where the family plot is because they're like, we understand people want to pay their respects, things like that. Like, do it at the front gate. Don't do it. I'm not going to tell you where he's buried. So there's no need to. Sure as shit. Um, there was a, and he was wrong. The guy that attempted to bear, to dig up Kobe um, was, uh, he was wrong. He went into the cemetery while it was open, found a family plot that had a recent... Uh, hold on, I'm just typing real quick. Had a recent um, burial there. Mm-hmm. So you could see... Fresh there dirt. Was f- well, it wasn't... They laid a... Usually at Forest Lawn, after they bury someone, they lay sod on top. Oh, lay fresh sod. Gotcha. So it's it's pretty quick <clears throat> to cover up the dirt. Right. Um, but it had like flowers and, you know, streamers and shit like that. Gotcha. So this guy, I just Googled the article here. On March 15th of 2020, uh, Newport... Beach police arrested a 28-year-old individual for digging at the grave, which fans had mistaken for the Kobe Bryant burial site. Uh, police spokeswoman Heather Wrangle uh, made a statement saying that the suspect complied immediately and was booked for vandalism in the Orange County Jail. Um, so obviously he was wrong. I think they said the the individual he started to dig up was like a 70-year-old retired businessman. Like he no. wasn't wasn't Kobe Bryant, obviously. But see, that's why they want to keep it a secret. Yeah. For God's sake. You have those twisted fucks out there who yeah. want to go and pull up a body. Well, then you have... Because Abraham Lincoln's body was stolen on two occasions? Mm-hmm. Two or I three. Right. Two yeah. or three occasions. Something like that. And it's like, that's a prime... Like, yeah, it's nice to have a memorial to someone, especially who meant a lot to a lot of people like Abe Lincoln did or like Kobe Bryant did or things like that. But it also is, there's some sick fucks out there who think, and I don't know what this guy's intentions were, whether he was just like, um, I, I want to go see Kobe or whatever, even though Kobe's obviously not the Kobe as remembered because he was in a freaking helicopter crash for God's sake. Um, but they just, I don't know if it's for ransom. I don't know if it's for, Anything else, but it's just, or for fame, or for fame. Yeah. To, <clears> even <throat> though well, there's some weird fuckers out there, there's some weird fucks. But then so. that's that comes back to like people thinking, I'm going to be a serial killer for fame. It's like okay, after you get caught, you might get some news coverage. Once you go through trial, you're going to get some news coverage. Soon as you're found guilty, though, you go to prison. No one gives a shit. Right. Exactly. No one cares. Because yeah, at that point when they caught him, he was vandalizing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they maybe could have tried to charge him with something else. Not going to probably hold up in court proven, to prove him that he was trying to dig up a body. Well, anyways, not going to get into well, that. Why else are you going to have a there? shovel in a cemetery? Right, but we know mm-hmm. DAs these days. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, but like, if Kobe. he had pulled a body up, yeah, that's a felony. That's, that's prisonable shit. But I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I Googled how many times fucking President Lincoln's body was moved. 17 times. His, body His was coffin was open times. five <laughs> His coffin was, oh, oh my God. Before finally resting in peace 36 years later. 36 years later, this poor fucker couldn't even fucking rest in death. Inside a steel cage. President Lincoln a fucker? This poor fucker. Josh. President Lincoln is not a fucker. He's a badass fucker. He's President Lincoln. Have you ever watched Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? That is a true story. You should read the fucking book. It's even better. 
Oh my god! Don't be one of those people. <laughs> no, seriously. don't be one of those. People. No, like the the movie's really good. And actually, portrayed the book. I'll watch well. the movie while I drink my pappies and be happy. You can it. drink pappies and read a book too. Haven't you ever seen a sophisticated man a cigar in one hand, a book in the other? And the, they, it's on. too much going on, man. Come on, too much going on. Abe Lincoln did it, bitch. There <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Um, but they buried him. 36 years later, inside a steel cage beneath two tons of concrete poured 10 feet high over his coffin. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. I've seen the, the, the burial site where he's in now. Yeah. And it's I'll, kinda, be, I'll bet you people dug him up and then they freaked the fuck out. They're like, God, yeah, no, Abraham Lincoln was a vampire hunter. And he's still a vampire running around killing other vampires. And so they freaked out and they told the story, but people thought they were crazy. So when more people went and did it. See, this just gives in to... Mm. Okay, I'm gonna dive into this. This will lead into conspiracy theories. Okay, I studied. It's true, it will. All through high school, I did a lot of papers on this guy. I studied him a lot. No president has had more books written on him than Abraham Lincoln. That's true. The crazy yep. thing, though, is that his life is as a on a whole timeline from beginning to end has a lot of gray areas or that areas that are completely missing or Abe Lincoln fucking disappeared off the face of the map, so to speak. Well, hold on real quick, not to cut you off. Have, have you did, you, but uh, oh, Well, that's exactly <laughs> what you did, Dick. <laughs> have you ever seen, um, there's a muse- an Abe Lincoln museum, I think it's in D.C. Mm-hmm. It's right across the street from Ford Theater where he was uh, assassinated. Right. They stacked up, they collected and stacked every single book that has ever been written on Abe Lincoln. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I'm airdropping it to your computer right now. Fantastic. Let's take a look at this shit. So that is the mountain of books written on Abraham Lincoln. See, and that's that's the crazy thing is, right? So you have a, a president who his life isn't even documented um, to the full, like, it's obvious. Holy f- yeah. Bulk. So according to Google, um, at the Peterson, <laughs> it lot, oh, it's at the Peterson house, the house where Lincoln died. So across the street from Ford Theater, mm-hmm. it's a building. It's an add on building. It's not the actual house. Um, there is a 34 foot tall stack of books, all dedicated to the life and times of the storied 16th president standing in the middle of a spiral staircase consisting of 6,800 books wow. and stretches three stories high. Insane. See, okay, so I knew he, I knew I was correct with my statement, but okay. I didn't know it was that many. Yeah, like, continuing. No, thank you for interrupting me, because holy fuck. That's a lot of books. Everybody needs to look at that shit, because that's, that's a lot of books. That is a lot. I fucking, in the public library back home on a little small town, didn't have that many books in it. No, probably not. This is one man. This is all on one dude. <clears throat> but yeah, no, so he, his life, so yeah, like, so many books were written and dedicated to him, obviously. But he had a lot of gray areas, a lot of places where they didn't know what Abe Lincoln did or where he went or what he was doing for these few years. Um, there's beliefs that Abe Lincoln was actually gay, that he, you know, had gay lovers, shit like that. And, um, but then it's like you read Abe Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, the one book that, of course, is fiction mm-hmm. and the movie. And it's like it fills all those gray areas. And it's like, well, Holy shit. Hey, Lincoln was a vampire hunter. <laughs> it makes sense he now. He just might have been. Yeah. And the thing is, though, is like, surprise me. someone got the idea of like, okay, yeah, they realized Abe Lincoln had a lot of areas that were poor, that you couldn't even document his life because he was a, he was a, um, he wrote his own um, uh, biography. He did an autobiography, of course, but, <clears throat> excuse me, wait, is it an autobiography by yourself or is it a biography by yourself? Autobiography is about yourself. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, anyways, um, he did his own autobiography, but it still had areas that were missing years. And yeah, but you think about it, he was busy. He didn't have time to write. He was slaying vampires. That's true. Yeah. So, anyways, I digress. <sighs> yeah, see, that makes you think. Vampire hunter, right? was a vampire hunter. Maybe Teddy Roosevelt was too. No, Teddy Roosevelt was. That was a metric ton of snow that just fell off the roof of the building did you watch it no i yeah, saw the shadow of it though and heard it jesus did that break that the window that actually girl screamed i don't th- i bet that was a little insane mm-hmm. um teddy roosevelt was his own legend exactly yeah yeah teddy roosevelt was, uh, sorry uh, where are you going? off it's fucking hot oh gotcha okay you make it toasty in here well that's <laughs> Don't look at my nips. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to Google uh, some bullet points here to give Teddy Roosevelt his own. Let's mm-hmm. see. 
Teddy Roosevelt, unexpected path to the White House. No kidding. Square deal, foreign policy. Did you know what he used to do? A little fun fact on Teddy Roosevelt. Kill <clears throat> black bears with his bare hands? Oh, that was Davy Crockett. Oh. But Teddy Roosevelt probably did the same thing. Probably. Um, <clears throat> no, what t- uh, Teddy Roosevelt used to do, correct me if I'm wrong on the wrong historical figure, but I'm 99% sure. He um, used to go for swims in January, in the middle of the fucking winter. And so Secret Service, of course, was around then. Uh-huh. Um, but they were th- their job was to follow the president everywhere and remain close to him at all times. Right, still is. Exactly. And so he, what he would do is he'd strip down to his freaking undies and jump in the river in January and go for a swim like, you know, half an hour almost every day. Oh, God. And some people said that he just did it for out of the spite of, not really the spite, but the enjoyment of watching his Secret Service have to get in the cold-ass river with him and follow him around to make sure that, you know, good old Teddy, he stayed safe. But, I mean, a man who freaking gets in the river in the middle of January, holy shit. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. So here's some 10 fun facts here. As a child, Teddy Roosevelt witnessed the Abraham Lincoln funeral procession. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt claimed to have a photographic memory, um, but it's a statement that can't be proven today, but biographers and historian Edmund Morris cited several documented cases where Roosevelt was able to recite obscure poetry and other content well over a decade after he read documents. Wow. Uh, Republican leaders didn't really want Roosevelt as president. Yeah, because he was too much of a man. Too much of a man. Right. Was the first president to win a Nobel Peace Prize. He was a prolific writer. Um, He was also the father of modern United States Navy. Uh, He was a grad college dropout. Nowadays, I don't know if there's some craziness to get to become a president, I guess. And he was blind in one eye from a boxing injury that he sustained in the White House. What? (laughs) (laughs) President, so here it is. President Roosevelt continued with his hobby of boxing well into his presidency. He suffered a detached retina in a bout in 1908 and stopped fighting, switching to jujitsu instead. Badass. (laughs) There's those screams right there. Oh, so many, so many good presidents in this great nation's history. Also, a lot of crazy people. A lot of really crazy people. Crazy stories. Conspiracy theories. That's crazy. So, Teddy and FDR <clears throat> um, were, they, they both enjoyed skinny dipping, actually. Fact of the matter. No, thanks. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, you know what happens when you throw some booze at me. I don't give a shit. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. We just need Fourth of July party. I draw the line. I won't do that. That's when you do do that. You said do do. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Ronald Reagan was also a competitive swimmer, though. Really? Yeah. Ronald Reagan was also another badass. <clears throat> huh. Honestly, like probably one of my favorite presidents was Reagan. You weren't even alive. I wasn't alive for any of the amazing presidents. No That's offense, true. But <laughs> you're not wrong there. God, just they just stopped making men. I feel like it's I don't know what it is exactly it's just a it's learned behavior that's my thing that talking about shit now is like <clears throat> of course there's there are still men out there and there are still men who breed in instill manhood into their boys um, but however we have become very soft as a nation but so is every great empire before they fell I digress. See, and that I don't know, but then the question becomes like, okay, it's a learned behavior, but when did where did that start? Parents, parents, or parents, and it may not have directly been from the parents, but the parents being allow, allowing the learned behavior from other people to influence their children without them stepping in. Like, so I'll take my parents for example, and I'm not saying this goes this wasn't isn't talking about me being a man. This is more of like what I was influenced by. In second grade, I came home talking about sex and saying fucking cuss words like a sailor i was what are you in second grade eight years old seven years old something like that something like that when your eight-year-old comes home talking about sex which he knows nothing about and he's dropping you know fucking the f-bomb fucking bitch shit all that stuff and i learned it from oh the playground not my teachers of course 
because it's a small town school, but right. you can't control kids all the time. No. And no. it's a small town. So, you know, most of them loggers, farmers, kids like that. And it's like mom and dad were in that position to, you know, kind of take me out of that environment and to homeschool me, which in the long run was better because I feel like I got a better education and I was able to work and all that good shit. Um, when I, when I was 15 anyhow, um, but like you look at it, so you think, okay, if the parents don't directly cause the learned behavior or aren't the, um, teachers of the learned behavior, look where kids go for eight to 10 hours out of the day. Once they get into high school, they leave at eight o'clock in the morning, a little bit before, and they're not home till three, four five o'clock in the afternoon, depending if they're sports. Right. Where's mom and dad? Not there. You are their influence at breakfast. If you are home and you are their influence at dinner, if you are home. Say you work a nine-to-five job, so yes, you'll get to spend dinner with your, your kids. But by the time they go to school, you're getting ready. You're going, your influence is on the weekends if they don't have sports or if they're not hanging out with friends. So you think about it, especially in today's day and age where parents kind of take the back seat a lot of the times. It's like, you know, where, where you're – so you might not be directly teaching your kids this said learned behavior, but you are – whether you mean to or not, allowing it to be learned from other sources, whether it's other kids, other parents, teachers, um, textbooks, you know, what they're learning in school. God knows what they're fucking learning in school these days. Yeah. Yeah, but like you said, you can't just, you can't follow a kid around like a lost puppy no, dog. you can't, exactly. Long. And some people, like, think, like, like homeschooling, like, that's what parents' excuse is to, like, yank kids out of school so they have control over them. My parents had a little more influence over, you know, my, my learning and stuff like that. But I still did boxing. I did 4-H. I had a job. I went and still hung out with friends from public school. I went and lose hung out with my cousins. Like, I still had pretty free reign. I was just, I was pretty fortunate where, you know, I took mom and dad's values seriously. Because, you know, I like to think I represented dad. And I went through my shithead phase, of course, like any boy does. Yeah. But... That's like you said, though, you can't follow kids around you. What you hope to do as a parent is you, you love them and you create a good human being, uh, a, a upstanding citizen of society or a um, productive citizen of society. You can't really do much more than that. You instill values and you instill good ethics. Yeah. And that's it. They're human beings. They're free will, free will, just like we have. You just, you know, you kind of shape and mold them. And by about 15, 16, they're kind of starting to become their own 15, adults. 16, they think you're full of shit. Exactly. And that's when they start thinking, you know, they're going to, th- their mouth is going to be doing this and yeah. their ears are going to be fucking plugged. But hopefully if you've done your job right, you've instilled what they know is right. And yeah, they may flap their jaws, but in their mind, they're like, yeah, I'm kind of a little asshole, but my mouth's just going to keep running, you know, two, three years of hell. And hopefully, you know, little Jimmy pulls his head out of his ass and he becomes, you know, John. Yeah. Because John is more adult than Jimmy, I guess. But I I could see, like, that's... And obviously not having kids of my own at this point. uh, That's probably a scary thing to think. You could... Your kid could grow up to be an asshole. It could, yeah. It very well could. And then it's just... And see... No, and then there's things that you you don't have control over. Like, you can instill every great value and teach a kid all the great things. And they still go out into the world... And they just realize that hmm, dad and mom are fucking idiots. So I'm going to do my own thing. And they, there you go. You have little asshole. And the thing is, is, yeah, we still love them. Is it our fault? No. Like I said, human beings have free will. Yeah. You will question yourself probably, where did I go wrong? But then it's like, that's when you have to stop, slow down, take a step back and be like, but did I go wrong? It's true. I mean, some people, I don't know why, whether it's just decisions they make or, or whatever. It's like, I gotta use Unfortunately. Aurora. I've got to bring up this example of Aurora because this is one of those situations. It's like, where the hell did this come from? I didn't teach her that. So uh-huh. at her birthday party, when she opened your present and did your mask fall in there or did Miranda put it it's, in there? No, nobody put it in there. I think it was, it just <clears> somehow <throat> fell in there. Somehow got in the back. But anyway, yeah. is this like just a, one of those stretchy face, face, face coverings? Kind of goes down over the whole neck, anyways. Um, Aurora pulls it out. I think it was one of the first things she pulls out, and she's like, "Hey, it's my working skirt." And I was like, "Oh my god, yeah! Like, where do you get that from? Because like, mommy's not a stripper. Well, when mommy doesn't wear sleazy clothes, 
Yeah, and, and you, it's like and we don't watch any shit like that. Your kids don't have free reign with like a TV or YouTube or anything like that. No. So then it's like that's a huge question of like where the hell did that come from? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, like it, unless it's, a teacher wore a skirt to work one day and said it was her working skirt like the, or something like, like that. Things like that you could think like okay, so yeah, in their mind she's at work. You know, kids come up with the damnedest things. The way they say it, our perverted minds translate it as horrible. Right. But at the same time, it's like also where do you think it's okay to stretch a face mask over your body and that's okay to wear even to work yeah that's what concerns me it's stuff like that like i look at my facial hair and that's where i start notice a little bit of gray starting to actually come in right around here <laughs> it's like those are those are the eldest yeah I, d- I don't blame you about that though that's just but it's like there you go you know me i'm not teaching my kids that showing their body off in that kind of way is an okay thing yeah no, modesty don't. is number one in our house yeah don't do that <clears throat> But I digress. Conspiracy theories. We should go back to those because I'm starting to have like minor aneurysm from thinking about my daughter being coming a teenager. Minors? Yeah. Minor? I don't know what. I had one a little bit ago. Um, There's a lot of crazy ones with like flights and... God, did you ever hear about the one where a flight... I, I'm not even going to try to look at which one this one was, but <clears throat> pretty much what it was at an airport. All of a sudden, this plane pops up on their radar out of the middle of nowhere, like right in the middle of their radar pops up and they call out to the plane because it has a, it has a tail number, but it's like a deregistered tail number. It doesn't even come up in their system. So they call out to the plane and all their response was, was like, yeah, this is so-and-so flight. Where are we? Mm-hmm. And, and they're talking to him and they come to find out they asked, they're like, what year is it? And I don't remember. You remember oh, hearing about that one? Which flight was that? I don't remember. Um, you probably Google something along the lines of like flight pops up in the middle of nowhere from I 60 years ago. I think I remember. Ago. Yeah, that was a, that was almost like <clears throat> a time travel. Yeah. Conspiracy kind of was like a wormhole kind of thing. Yeah. Something <clears throat> like that. It's like anybody who listens to, you listen to Big D and Bubba. Yeah. Um, in in the valley there of course they're on all sorts of radio shows or radio stations throughout the nation um but they bring up some interesting stuff their big thing is aliens or extraterrestrial stuff like that but um there's this there's so much weird stuff that goes on in the world that you just trying to find it can't you can't just turn away and be like yeah it's just coincidence or you know, oh, just people making oh. shit up. It's like, it's in a lot of this stuff kind of comes up throughout history here and there. Yeah, and that's, no, it's a lot of, it's kind of odd. It's, some of it is just, you can't freaking explain it. Oh, exactly. Um, and I'm trying to figure out now if this is actually a, uh, a conspiracy or if this was just something somebody made up. Because I haven't been able to find like a flight number or anything like that yet. But I also don't know what in the actual... Because when you can't find something, it's frustrating. Yeah, this is well, interesting. Sit here in dead air. Some theorists believe that Denver International Airport stands above an underground city, which serves as a headquarters of the New World Order. <laughs> theorists cite the airport's unusual large size it's distant from denver city center masonic and alleged satanic symbols as well as a set of merle merles did i say that word i think so which include deceptions of war and death <clears throat> oh, there's some of them that are a little far-fetched i mean would i be surprised if there was a city underneath denver international airport no but i mean like okay i'm just gonna read off some random ones here um, Malaysia Airlines Flight 17 was shot down over Ukraine in July of 2014. This event has spawned numerous alternative theories. These various include allegations that it was secretly flight MH370, that the, the plane was actually shot down by Ukrainian Air Force mm. to frame Russia, that it was part of a conspiracy to conceal the truth about HIV-7 disease specialists were on board, or that the Illuminati or Israeli 
Israel was responsible. I'd be careful with throwing that one out there. God's been on their side since the beginning. <clears throat> that's the wait. So they're saying that to cover something about HIV. Yeah. What the hell could they be covering? Maybe they had a cure figured out. May possibly probably. Oh, that goes back to our earlier conversation at yeah. the gym. It's like cancer and HIV. We have all these other diseases. Okay, well, let's take COVID for example. Eh, I don't believe in the vaccine personally. However, they came up with a vaccine in less than a year. Yeah. And they're saying it's gonna be it's gonna be this just great thing that's gonna help everybody out. Cancer's been around for how many hundreds of years and HIV's been around for 80, 70, 60, oh, 60, 70 years, something like oh, that. A long time. And it's like, and you haven't figured out how to get rid of that shit. Come on, cut me a yeah, fucking break. True. It's like, um, I know they're very extreme viruses um, or cancer, you know, cancer is cancer. But let's look at it. Cancer treatment is the number one moneymaker in the U.S. of A. Oh, yeah. By far. No, it has to be. <clears throat> and then I think it's actually obstetrics um, and gynecology. People, I mean, having babies. Yeah. Um, or reproductive That happens health. a lot. Yep, it does. But um, then, like you said, you know, <clears throat> sick people keep the lights on. Yep. But if you cure somebody, you don't get a check from yep. insurance anymore. You don't a get to send them a bill anymore. A patient a customer lost. Yeah. Yep. And that's unfortunate to say that there's probably way too many doctors out there that look at it that way well, and this shitty thing so this sounds uh, kind of shitty coming out of my mouth but i don't give a fuck so it's one thing when you have a 90 year old man or woman who gets the cancer and dies okay you 90 years old um you know that you're gonna die of something eventually your days are numbered yeah we all gotta die somehow after after about it seems like about after about 70 75 somewhere around there you know you just you kind of just start Every day, year, month, you know, it's good. that's 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 a gift. Uh, just every day in general. Anyways, yeah. um, however, when children, I think of this when I think of like children dying of cancer, just like perfectly healthy kids, and just wake up one day and you know, Anne's got a fucking bump on her back. Take her in, and she's got freaking cancer on her spine or something or mm, AML, mm -hmm. something like that. If there's a fucking cure for cancer, there should be a special place in hell for you because it's one thing when someone dies of an old age, at old at an old age of an illness. It's another thing when you let an innocent fucking child die. And these doctors who are doing their cures and their treatment, I don't put them at fault by any means. But there has been people that, conspiracy, this kind of falls in conspiracy stuff, yeah. that have been theoried to have found the cure for cancer. And then all of a sudden, boom, they disappear. Everything that you ever read about them disappeared. All their scientific articles disappeared. And they're never heard from again. And the thought of them is never heard of again because they're silenced. And whether it's true or not, I tend to lean more towards being truth. Oh, I mean, and there's, I mean, can you, I don't, I don't think people, there's so much out there that doesn't get pushed Unless it's in the media. Exactly. Which obviously, if the U.S. government decided tomorrow, hey, we have this cure for cancer, we're just going to let it out. Right. And let everybody have it for mm -hmm. the low price of $60 million. Right. Per person. Um, I don't know. Because you'd think, obviously, if word got out, because if they did release something like that, eventually word's going to get out that, hey, they've had it for since the 60s. Right. You know, they've had it and they just sat on it mm -hmm. and they haven't done anything with it um and then if someone high profile gets it they just give them this exactly. and it goes away right. no big problem um you'd think obviously people would be pissed off because then you think how many millions of people have died prematurely as children as young adults right even as middle-aged people when they still had plenty of years to go and it could have not happen that way right a it would be a lawsuit from hell uh -huh. like first off even though they try to pull the well it was still in the testing phases and still in this and still in that but how many times do they pull the experimental medication right exactly like why would the vaccine right now it's yeah. fda approved for release emergent use it's not fda approved um vaccine fully not like normal vaccines are that's a misconstrued thing the FDA approved it for for emergent use. It is not FDA certified vaccine. Like, think about that before you get it shoved in your arm. 
Um, but yeah, no, exactly. That's a problem. They pulled the experimental card. You're right. Yeah, but it's going to get to the point where if you don't have that vaccine, and I know we've talked about this, like if it comes to certain things, but there's play, there's people talking about you'll need a, the vaccine to cross state lines. Your papers. You'll yeah, which is Gestapo papers pretty much. Exactly. You'll need you'll need a vaccine card if Kick you want to get our own podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. See what you'll, I did there. But you'll need you'll need a vaccine card even if you want to get on like a domestic flight. Oh, exactly. Like if you want to fly from Seattle to Los Angeles, you yep. are not getting on that plane without a scannable, trackable COVID nineteen vaccine card. Because HIPAA doesn't matter. Oh anymore. no, HIPAA went out the window about yeah. last March. Yep. I think, or at least about June, July ish. Oh like yeah. That. It's oh god, it, it just hurts my brain because when I was just in. You know, in the military, as a simple little low-life medic, um, HIPAA was like, I mean, we went through training every fucking quarter. HIPAA this, HIPAA that. Sign this paper that you understand what HIPAA is. And then, boom, it, COVID comes it's out. Gone. And it's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so, just so you know. You know this person? Yeah, they had COVID. And now we want to make sure that you understand that you were possibly exposed. Uh a year ago, if you'd have said that about anything else, I could sue your frickin' brains out. Your grandchildren uh, yeah. would have to take a loan out to frickin' piss. Yeah. But now, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, but now it turns, and it got to the point where, I mean, I had a run-in where I got put on quarantine at work and not, not being confrontational. I just asked, but I went and got tested, and they told me, they were like, regardless of the result, you're quarantining for, 15, or for 14 days. Uh-huh. Like, period. You're done. Right. And I was like, okay. So I go home, start doing my thing, and I get a call from someone, one of my bosses, and he's like, well, hey, how'd the test go? And I was like, well, it's done. I'm on quarantine now. Well, was it positive or not? It's like, not, I told him at the end of it, it was negative anyway, but it's like, what's the point of me telling you whether yeah. it was positive or negative, right. where the end result is, it's, I'm, still in I'm still in quarantine. Exactly. So... It's, it's for, you know, this is jumping down the conspiracy thing too. And I don't think myself is a conspiracy theorist, but it's like, like you said, why do you need to know? I'm still in quarantine regardless. It's for their fucking numbers. I mean, really? Uh, probably. It's like, well, look at the hospitals. Um, you know, if you can prove it as a COVID death, there are incentives financially. There's federal funding. For, yeah, for your hospital. So yeah, why the hell? Yeah. If someone comes in with a fucking broken neck from an injection out of a, ejection out of a vehicular um, accident. And then you swab their nose and it comes out as COVID. Yeah, you put it down as a COVID death. Yeah, does that make sense? Hell fucking no. Their neck got snapped when they concreted. Yeah. When their head met the freaking road. Or a tree or whatever the hell it was. Whatever it happened to be. But it's like uh, talking to our life flight nurse buddy that we both know. Yeah. He was, like, he was talking to friends that he has um, in different areas and they see that shit all the time. Someone comes in with this crazy shit. Got, old man. Gunshot. Quote unquote, self inflicted gunshot wounds. Um, couldn't find the gun. They're both, him and his wife were old as shit. Um, and he shot himself three times. <laughs> huh? In the, in the abdomen and chest, I think is what it was. Huh? Show me a man who can shoot himself three times. Yeah, who can shoot himself once and then say, okay, two more. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And not find the gun close to his body. Yeah. Anyways, we know exactly what happened. But <clears throat> wow. Swabbed his nose, COVID. Labeled it COVID death. Regard, don't don't just ignore those holes in his body, that torso area. That's spectacular. Don't you worry about it. But yeah, oh, that's spectacular. Ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Chemtrails. God dang it. God dang it. Chemtrails. Oh, <laughs> I have to dive in this one. Oh God, I love my aunt, but this is this is the one thing that she likes to bring up. Also known as they have a theory for this slap secret large scale. Atmospheric program. Wait, where the hell's the scale come from? Who knows? Secret large scale. What? <laughs> Q mystic symbols. <laughs> this theory alleges that water condensation trails, contrails, from aircraft consisting of chemical or biological agents or contain a supposedly toxic mix of aluminum, strontium, 
I hated chemistry. And Barium. Yeah, I, I was in barium. chemistry for like a week. Yeah, fuck that shit, right? Under secret government policies, an estimated 17% of people globally believe that the theory to be true or partially true. In 2016, the Carnegie Institution for Science published the first ever peer-reviewed study of the chemtrail theory. 76 out of 77 participating atmospheric chemists and geochemists stated that they had seen no evidence to support the chemtrail theory. 76 out of 77. Yeah rely on poor sampling but you know that one motherfucker god damn it karen he was probably the um coroner who smoked embalming fluid (laughs) probably jesus but still the thing uh, thing is is you just like walk out you start your car cold day you go out and you look what's coming out of the back of your car puffs of oh wait it's not even smoke chemtrails 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 out of your own car god it's just water vapor people come on especially when you watch a jet engine anyways i digress chemtrails i i i personally am not a believer um would it be a great way to release shit through the atmosphere fucking hey it would i mean come on let's think about it throw a bag in the freaking drop it through the turbine i don't find out you would want to do it yeah, but you, well you want to talk about getting a good spread shit right fly it over the freaking and the thing is to like think about this okay if you look into the science also further as into the jet streams up there, which you know, planes, they're they're the jet streams are noted, um, up whatever elevation they are. I should know this. Anyways, you get up on the jet streams, and those are those are bodies of air that move in certain patterns throughout the U.S. They don't like just like shit can't get if it got in the chemtrail, it would just go and dump out somewhere else. Like you probably figure out scientifically how to drop it in the right spot, but God, that would be a pain in the ass. Yeah. That'd take a lot. That takes some effort that just wasn't necessary at all. Right. Hmm. When you could just go and take your mask off and cough on people like a normal person. Trying mm-hmm. to spread shit. Hmm. I wonder. Hmm. Well, I don't know. And even let's say let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say chemtrails are a full blown like go time thing. People are brainwashed. People are X, Y, Z. That's a long fucking way up for all those chemicals and stuff to spread and stuff and everything. Who are you targeting? Because like I said, jet streams, you drop something out of the ass end of an airplane. Yeah. In a jet stream. I'm sure you could drop it lower, I guess. That's that's the thing. But that stuff's still going to get spread all over hell. Oh, yeah. Like... And if you dropped it in an app, actually, there's actually no way to control it. You could put that shit in another country. Yeah. Like, seriously, let's think about, like, the logic behind this. Could you pinpoint it? Fuck no. But there's a lot easier ways to cause no, whatever you want to do. You you drop it anywhere in the northern half of the U.S. and you hit a good wind. It, it's in Canada. Yeah, Exactly. It's, that's it. It's just like, look at our weather. You know, you yeah. get a good storm that hits the coast and it's on top of us in 12 hours. I mean, shit spreads. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. That's the thing it's, a, about, it's a weak one in my that's opinion. That's the thing about conspiracy theories is we're not going to have any damn answers. Right? Let's go into, let's go into something better. Boxing. Oh, wait, there's a conspiracy theory on boxing? What? Boxing is featured in conspiracy theories such as the claims that the second... Al, oh, Al Ali, oh, the Ali Ali stunt fight, and the first Bradley P- Pacquiao fight were fixed. Oh God, these are these are lame ones. But oh, that is, yeah. That's going to happen in every sport. Come on, people. Yeah, it's not a conspiracy. That's fact. Yeah, no fights are fixed. Yeah, Bradley didn't win that fight. Everybody <laughs> knows that. <laughs> Come on, don't be dumb. Come on. Come on. Is this rookie hour? Must be. Must be. What else you got? You got anything? I feel like Let's, I've been flapping my jaws. Well, I don't care. I love it. Mm, I know you do. I love it. Let's see here. Um, I got Hero Talk. Dude, how am I supposed to forget about Hero Talk? I didn't. <sighs> no, I said, how did I? Oh, bad, 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 Josh, bad. Oh, wait. No, I, well, if we're going to do Hero Talk this day in history. Um, oh, yeah, you got to get that. Okay, perfect. I think I saw something. Uh, Donner Party rescued from Sierra Nevada mountains. Who? Who the fuck is that? First rescuer reaching surviving numbers of 
Oh, oh, reach surviving members of the Donner Party, a group of California-bound immigrants straight away from... I don't want to subscribe, History Channel. Um, stranded by snow in the Sierra, Sierra Nevada mountains. This was in 1846. No one gives a shit. Holy crap. Um, that was it? That's boring. Oh, is this the group that some started eating each other? February, February 19th is not a very eventful day, I see. Uh, really? A group that started eating each other? It's February 19th, bro. That's what I said. I thought you said 15th. I thought I said 19th. No, maybe you did. Oh. Near well. Three weeks later, after harsh weather, the lack of supplies killed. Yeah, the Swiss supplies killed several of the expeditions and forced the others to resort to cannibalism. Yep, okay. That's that's a little that's a little more notable. <laughs> Seven survivors reached a Native American village. Ooh. <laughs> you did what to the white men? Uh, you ate him. You ate him. We call us savages. Yeah, you <laughs> ate him. <laughs> uh, Is that it? Yeah. No, that's I'm, okay. Now that, that that I got into that part, that's a little more. A group of folks ate each other, folks. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, the weak ones died, so we ate them. The weak ones died, so we ate them. <laughs> I mean, right. what else are you gonna do with them? Oh God, no kidding, right? <sighs> okay. Human bones make good shovels. I bet. Don't don't ask me. How Scoop it out a little bit. Make a little divot. A little divot. You be all right. Anyway, so now that that's done, on to hero talking. Okay. Rather highly publicized man, but still important. Let's see. Today, we are talking about... Donald J. Trump. Sorry. See, I always have to drop this. Shut up. Your blood pressure just... Just Shut up. Good (laughs) God. We have rules here, folks. Uh, I just said a name. I didn't say what he was. 45. (laughs) God damn it. Okay. So... Today, we are talking about Lieutenant General well Harold. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'm done. Sorry, I'm done. I'm going to throw the duke at your fucking head. <laughs> I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. <sighs> Lieutenant General Harold Gregory Moore Jr. Let's have a conversation. Um, let's see. Distinguished U.S. Army sold... Lieutenant General and author is awarded with a Distinguished Service Cross for the U.S. military's second highest decoration of valor and uh, was the first of his West Point class in 1945 to be promoted to Brigade General, Major General, and Lieutenant General. We're climbing ranks really fast here. Be my little general. Brigadier Major, Lieutenant, and General. (laughs) Literally, it's it's the highest rank. (laughs) Let's see. So most notably. It's how I remembered the ranks of generals. Sorry. Okay, so, continue. I know. Don't interrupt. Quit interrupting fucking Hal, dude. Talking about Hal. All right. Leave him alone. Lay down. More is. More is. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I love you. Shut the fuck up. Okay, I'm done. More is remembered as the lieutenant colonel in command of the 1st Battalion, 7th Cavalry Regiment at the Battle of La Drang in 1965 during the Vietnam War. Battle was detailed in the 1992 bestseller We Were Soldiers Once, co-authored by Moore and made into the film We Were Soldiers, um, in which starred Mel Gibson as Colonel Hal Moore, one of my favorite movies of all time. You just watched that the other day, didn't you? I did. That's why I Googled it, because I wanted to know real, I like to know real people. I don't like to just watch movies. Um, Let's see. Moore, who obviously led men into a ridiculous overpower, or outnumbered and possibly poorly planned battle mm-hmm. um, in which they didn't, they just didn't think things through very well. Yeah. Um, it was one of the first times that they used helicopters to rapidly fly in and out soldiers in and out yep. um, to try to get into a, a better landing zone or a better soldier pos- or better position for the soldiers without having to march all the way in and spend days and days Right. Um, let's look at the numbers here. It's a good sound. Let's see. Casualties lost. Let's look here. So the United the United States, who was also supported by South Vietnam, recorded um, four hundred and ninety nine casualties, which was fifty percent of the troops sent in. So they lost half. Um, the Vietnamese, the North Vietnamese, who, which consisted of their 33rd Regiment, 1st, 3rd Battalion, and 66th Regiment, 7th, 8th, and 9th Battalions, 
lost a total of 1,070 to 1,700, which was approximately anywhere from 43 to 70% of their troop strength because obviously they don't release numbers right. like the United States military does. Um, we do know that the United States sent in 1,000 cavalry troopers, um, two batteries of artillery, separate aircraft and helicopter support units, uh, 740 bombers, F-4, and nine, and B-52 shorties were flown into the battle. So they brought... They brought the freaking big guns. They brought some boom. Yeah. But at the same time, it was also... And it was a very well-documented battle because there were photographers on in the area. And there was one in the movie too, right? Yeah. Um, Barry Peppers yes. plays him. Uh, and does a fantastic job. So let's see. He's just trying to get to the... But there were so many... So many things about this battle with the Americans being stuck, outnumbered, surrounded, right. um, and just fighting their f- fucking asses off just to stay alive. And, of course, Colonel Hal Moore, famously, whether it's in the movie, it's in the book, um, and it's well documented before they went into battle, was did make the quote, I'll be the first to step on the field, and I'll be the last to step off, and I'll leave nobody behind. Mm-hmm. And he did. He was there was his work. There wasn't a single... Whether dead or alive, there wasn't a single American body missing, um, at least that is known. So hopefully that's actually true. Um, And Colonel Moore was, he was the first one to step on the battlefield, and he was the last one to step off. Yep. And that's... That movie was a fucking tearjerker. It was. Dude. It was. It was such a damn tearjerker. But it was also like, how much more of a leader can you be to say, hey, we're going into this battle. It is not planned very well. We don't know how many people we're going to fight. Pretty sure we're walking into a damn ambush, um, but we're going to do it because we have to. It's our job. Right. But I'll be there. I'll be the first one on the field. I'll be the last one off. And whether you're breathing or not, I'm going to bring you home. Mm-hmm. That's A, it takes some damn balls. Right. And it just takes a leader to the point that most people can't even fathom putting yourself in that kind of danger, being in charge of those things. And just being willing to say those words and back them up. Right. Wasn't that also the movie um, there they storylined back to um, the death notices that the wives were saving? Yeah, that was the one where the taxi cabs were delivering the Western Union telegrams. Yeah, and didn't didn't she did she slap a tele um, a cab driver, or did she just scream at him? Can't in remember. the movie, so here's actually the, a section of the article on casualty notifications. Yeah. Um, so the United States Army had not set up casualty notification teams this early in the war. The notification telegrams at this time were handled, handed over by taxi cab drivers for delivery to the next of kin. Moore's wife, uh, Julia Compton Moore, followed in the wake of the deliveries to widows in the Fort Benning housing complex, grieving with the wives and comforting their children, attending the funerals of all the men killed under her husband's command who were all buried at Fort Benning. Um, Her complaints about the notification prompted the U.S. Army to quickly set up two-man teams to deliver the telegrams consisting of an officer and a chaplain. Uh, Mrs. Frank Henry the wife of the battalion executive officer and Mrs. James Scott, wife of the battalion command sergeant major, um, performed the same duties for the dead of the 2nd Battalion, 7th Cavalry. So even his wife at home was fucking just handling business. Yep. Um, let's see. They don't, say they don't make fucking military wives like that anymore either. No, Well, they don't make military men like that anymore sometimes. Dude. That's true. Everyone needs a stress card. Yep. From the battle, true. Uh, let's see, the battle went for five days, five total days, um, until yeah, until Americans were out and out of the, out of the area. Uh, notable award recipients from the war, there were two Medal of Honor recipients from the battle. Um, there were Medal five, yeah, oh. two Medal of Honor recipients. Uh, Second Lieutenant Walter Marm. Company A, 1st Battalion, 7th Cavalry, received the Medal of Honor on November 15, 1967 for his actions while serving as a platoon leader on the 14th of November during the three-day battle at the LZ, at LZ X-Ray. Uh, his MOH citation recounts, which is basically just the story of what happened, 
examples of uh, gallantry and bravery, basically, despite being severely wounded. Hmm. Captain Ed Freeman and Major Bruce Crandall were both helicopter pilots during the battle um, and were each awarded the Medal of Honor. So there were three Medal of Honor recipients from this battle. On July 16, 2001 and February 26, 2007, respectively, for their numerous volunteer, voluntary flights, 14 flights and 22 flights, respectively, in their unarmed Hueys into LZ X-ray while enemy fire was so heavy that medical evacuation helicopters refused to approach. With each flight, Crandall and Freeman delivered much-needed water, ammunition, and extracted wounded soldiers, saving countless lives. Yep. They, they emphasized that a lot in that show, actually. They did emphasize that in the movie, actually. Yeah, and you should, I mean, Medal of Honor recipients. But. Exactly. There were one, two, three, four, five um, distinguished service cross, silver star, and bronze medal recipients, including Colonel Moore himself, as well as Sergeant Ernie Savage, Second Lieutenant John Geohagen, I hope I pronounced that right, um, who was awarded those awards after his death at the battle, Specialist 4 Bill Beck uh, and Specialist 4 Russell Adams, as well as uh, journalist Joseph Galloway, who was the only civilian awarded the Bronze Star for heroism during the Vietnam War on November 15, 1965. Uh, He disregarded his own safety to help rescue two wounded soldiers while under fire and was awarded, uh, awarded on January 8th, 1998. God damn. That... Battle was just such a... I mean, A, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, There's a whole bunch of literature out there about it, television shows, all kinds of stuff. But when you look into... I love watching the movies and looking at the articles and things like that, but when you actually get to Google who was there, what they did, how it happened, that just makes it all so much better. Hey, you know what? I'll bet you there's a book on it. And it's a good read. It's probably better than... I bet it's better than the movie. I bet you it is. There's a lot of seriousness, actually. Like Lone Survivor. Fucking. True. That's a good book too. Good movie. They followed it pretty well, but the book is just ah, different level. All right. I know. Beautiful. Beautiful. Right. Well, I think it's time to go. It is time. Aww. It's been good. I feel like we burned up. What are we? An hour fifteen. Hour five. Hour five. Okay. Yeah, pretty good. pretty good. Not bad for the first time back after a mere 161 days. Hopefully we'll be talking to you soon, and it's not another 161 days. Why am I fucking talking with an accent right now? I'll never know. Or do you? <sighs> or do I? If I talk like this, can you hear me through the microphone? Oh, my God. Okay. Too tired. Too much whiskey. We got to go. <laughs> we love you. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully, we'll be back very, very soon. Till then, enjoy some enjoy some good bourbon. Enjoy some good water. I don't care. Whatever your fancy is. Wet your whistle. Wet your whistle a little bit. Hang out with some good folks. Have some good conversations. Take care of each other. Be safe. And we'll talk to you next time. God bless the U.S. of A.